Hello. Just before we begin this week's podcast, the interest in my upcoming shows in the United States has been incredible. I'm playing in San Diego on Wednesday, March the 11th, San Jose, Thursday, March 12th, Saturday at the American Pilgrims on the Camino Gathering in Lake Tahoe, Monday, March 16 at Whidbey Island outside of Seattle, and Wednesday, March 18 at Genghis Cohen's in Los Angeles. I had planned on heading east to Chicago, but it's going to be logistically too difficult. Now, if you'd like to come to any of the shows, just email me, danmullinsmusic at gmail.com, or contact me via my website, danmullinsmusic.com. I'm really looking forward to meeting you all, and you're in for a magic night. Let's get this week's podcast up and running. Hello, welcome to my Camino the Podcast. I'm Dan Mullins. Today's a great day. We are alive. This is a podcast about the Camino de Santiago or the way of St. James. James was one of Christ's apostles, a fisherman, a simple man. He travelled to Iberia after Christ died and was eventually buried in what is now Galicia. Pilgrims walked the Camino to arrive at the majestic cathedral in Santiago de Compostela, or St. James under a field of stars, where, we're told, St. James's remains are interred. Pilgrims walk for a myriad of reasons. If you're new to the podcast, I urge you to go back to listen to previous episodes. There are stories of redemption, of discovery, stories of people doing things they never imagined they'd be able to. There are sad stories, happy stories, tales that make you wonder and tales that make you think. I think by and large the podcasts on this platform are stories of hope. Maybe, just maybe, we can find, through the Camino, a way to tap into our deepest thoughts and wishes. And who knows what we might find. The search is the best part. Someone sent me a poem this week by an American pilgrim, Ron Ottenad. It's called I walk. I walk to be alone and to be with God. I walk to clear my mind and to fill it. I walk to remember and to forget. I walk to wrestle and to find peace. I walk to create space and to be connected. I walk to ground myself in the present and to dream of the future. I walk to let the sun shine on my face and to allow the rain to fall upon my shoulders. I walk in silence and I sing. My guest this week is Donna Hedgepath, and I discovered Donna via Facebook. A picture from the Camino caught my eye. There was a pilgrim sitting on a step surrounded by the most exquisite red flowers. I thought, there's someone who's enjoying their Camino, someone enjoying life. Not long after, I received a message from Donna with a glimpse, a clue of what that Camino was about. Donna's on the line from Florida in the United States. Welcome, Pilgrim. Thank you, Dan. Good to be with you. Do you love flowers? I do. I love flowers. All kinds of flowers. The smile on your face says it all. It's such a beautiful photograph. Thank you so much. You're from Florida, a beautiful part of the world. Tell us about life in North Naples. Well, I've been in North Naples for approximately 29 years. It's a wonderful life here. The weather is usually exquisite. It's a beautiful evening tonight. Um, Most days are beautiful. I play a lot of pickleball, tennis. Um, outside all the time. And I enjoy the weather. I've been here long enough where I have wonderful friends and family. Um, Life in Naples is good. It's good. You said you play a lot of pickleball. Now, I've heard of it, but I don't know what it is. What's pickleball? Oh, pickleball is wonderful. Um, It is pretty much a combination of maybe tennis, ping pong, a little badminton. Um, It's played on a much smaller court than tennis. In fact, you can fit probably four pickleball courts on one regulation tennis court. Um, it's a, 
um, a little bit of a slower game than tennis. It's more finesse. Um, we play it with a wiffle ball, which has holes in it. So it's not really a power game. It's more skills, a little bit like a chess match. It's a lot of fun. Yes. Are you good at it? I'm okay. I'm actually a certified instructor at this point. I play at a, you know, a pretty high level, a four or five level. Um, I play tournaments. Um, I enjoy competing. It, I've played it probably for about three years. I have a tennis background. Um, I, I love it. I love it. Wow. Pickleball. There you go. Well, how's this for an introduction? When you wrote to me, you said, I walked the Camino in pearls with my sister-in-law. Now, that's quite the elevator pitch. So tell us all about a Camino in Pearls. <laughs> well, the Pearls, I guess it's kind of my brand at this point. I, um, I was, it, it came about because I, I wear pearls, and people often stop me because on the tennis court or on the pickleball court, I, I wear my pearls. I figure, why not? If you have something in life and it's of any value, why, why put it away? Why, you know, lock it up, wear it, um, enjoy it. Um, life is precious. Um, so I've decided that, um, if I'm going to play or if I'm going to, whatever I'm going to do, if I have something I like, I'm going to, I'm going to wear them. I love my pearls. And so often people will make comments to me on the pickleball court or the tennis court regarding my pearls. You wear those? And I said, why not? So when I decided to do the Camino and I didn't have a long, um, time between the decision and when I did it, um, one of the questions that was asked to me was, are you going to wear your pearls? And I said, of course I'm going to wear my pearls. It, you know, I always wear my pearls. And so I decided that I would make this Camino in the same pearls I wore every day. And um, to me, it was, it was just the way it had always been. How fantastic. Do you remember how you heard or where you first heard about the Camino? I exactly remember. Um, one of my best friends who I went to college with, she was actually um, maid of honor in my wedding. She had decided approximately six years, um, six years ago that she was going to walk the Camino and she was going to do it by herself. And I can remember thinking I was astonished by this whole, I, I knew nothing about the Camino. Um, it, I couldn't believe that she had the, the nerve to, fly off to France and then, and then walk through France into Spain the next day and walk through northern Spain all by herself. It was, um, I was really intrigued by the idea, and, and I decided to start learning about it. Of course, she told me to watch the movie The Way, which I did, and I started thinking about what it would be like if I were to do something like that. I knew I wasn't probably a brave enough at that point, to have done it on my own. So I needed to find somebody to do it with. Um, and so I started looking for someone that I might want to walk with and really talked about it a lot, but never really quite made the decision or booked the ticket until I read a book. And this book was called Can't Hurt Me by David Goggin, about a Navy SEAL who had quite a difficult childhood. And he um, went on to become an ACL, an ultra marathoner. It was all about our mind and how our mind usually quits before our body quits. And that when you make a decision, you just need to make that decision, book the ticket, go ahead with whatever it is you choose to do and stop talking about it, that this is something you just decide to do and do it. And as soon as I read that book, I said, the Camino has always been in the back of my mind. I need to do what he's saying and advocating, and I'm going to walk the Camino. And that was in May of 2019. I, within, my sister-in-law happened to be visiting. I had her watch the movie The Way. I looked at her and said, will you walk with me? She immediately said yes. And the next day we booked our tickets. Then I knew that I was going. And now I had to find a way to prepare and to deal with this decision because it, this, this, it, it was real for me. So how long, and how long after you bought the tickets did you go? We left in August. I think right. it was August 25th okay. of 2019. 
So two and a half months, I think, from the, from the time we actually made the decision, bought the tickets, until we started walking. Did you feel like you'd done enough preparation? No. As a matter of fact, I thought I had not done hardly enough. Um, in fact, I don't like to walk. I don't, um, you know, I do exercise in terms of playing sports, but they're team sports and I like the camaraderie. As far as walking, I, I really wasn't sure if I was prepared. I tried to follow a guide. I, you know, I, I, of course, I researched this and found um, guides as to how much I should be walking. I did walk every day, but I walked um, whatever I felt like walking that day. I didn't really stick to the guidelines in terms of mileage. I had very few long walks. I did not walk with my backpack, um, but I did walk every day. And so I, I wondered if I was prepared. And of course, not really knowing what to expect, I was overwhelmed with the feeling that I was not prepared. And, you know, I was doing this and, and you know, not sure that I really was ready, ready to do it. You wrote in one of your blogs... Okay. In reflecting on the pilgrimage, you said, one of the many questions we are asked each day is, why are you making this journey? And I never really felt like I had the right answers. Did you find the answers? I found so many answers. Um, I don't know if they were the right answers. They were right for me. I was asked that question almost on a daily basis by another pilgrim who might say, you know, why are you walking the Camino? And I'm not sure I found the right answer. There's so many things I found in walking the Camino. One thing that I think is most profound in my life at this point is that I am capable. You know, I had been, you know, I was a middle-aged woman who pretty much had this wonderful life living in the, the most beautiful paradise that most people would want to live in. Naples, Florida is a nice place. And I had had a wonderful childhood. Things were good for me. And then as I got a little bit older, I did suffer some losses, um, some profound losses in my life of a marriage, of a brother who I adored. And so things were difficult for me. And I, at this point, because life had been so good prior, I think I almost took on a victim type role. I, I, I didn't feel capable. I, I was stuck. I was stuck. And I didn't really have any challenges in my life because of everything I went through. I was happy just with status quo. I was happy playing my pickleball, playing my tennis with the same people that I've known for years. I think, especially when you go through a divorce and you have so much change in your life, you, you feel comfortable sticking with you know, staying in the same area, keeping the same people. And so for me, walking the Camino was a goal, a challenge, and it made me realize that I am capable of moving on, that I don't have to be stuck, that I don't have to stay in the same position, and that I am not a victim, that I can go ahead and move on in life. And if you put one step in front of the other, you'll get there. And it's just a matter of taking that step and then the next step. And so for me, I guess that was the answer for me is that I am capable. So now that you know that, um, you wrote on your blog, my life was good. Yes, I suffered losses as anyone in their mid-50s probably has, but they made me who I am today. How does the, the Camino resonate with you now, today? Do you feel it in your day-to-day Life? Every day I feel it. Yeah. I feel like a pilgrim. I feel like a pilgrim every single day. I can tell you that it was difficult coming back. I could have kept walking. I just could have um, kept going. It was such a wonderful blessing and a feeling of freedom for me. But, you know, I walk more today. If I, I don't have to have that parking spot closest like I used to have. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel I take on challenges that I wouldn't have taken on before the Camino. I am planning trips. You know, the great poet Mary Oliver said, we only have this one wild and precious life. And I think now I actually get it. They're not just words to me anymore. 
I want to make every day count. And I want to be a pilgrim in my life. I want to, you know, take that opportunity to have new experiences and just keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. You know, I've said here many times before that Australians, Americans, indeed most of us around the world, lead very pampered lives. And the Camino is a good opportunity to reconnect with the simple things in life. And you say, I've read in one of your blogs, I can consider myself a happy person. It's a choice I make daily. I love to learn. I believe in love and happy endings. So why was I making this journey? I suppose everyone searches for a deeper meaning to life. What is my purpose? Purpose is a very difficult thing to, de- to define, isn't it? In, and, and I wonder then, Donna, have you sort of stumbled on your purpose? I'm still working on my purpose. And I guess what I found is there doesn't have to be a purpose, you know, a, a definite purpose in life. But just to stop and w- walk in nature and, ex- you know, like you said, experience the simple things and be grateful. I am so grateful that I had that opportunity. I am so grateful every day that I was able to get up and walk. And people who don't quite who haven't done the Camino, who haven't been on a pilgrimage are amazed by it. And, and I don't know that they understand it, that it really, and it didn't seem all that difficult for me, even though I didn't feel very prepared when I left, but just doing it, just getting up and doing and being present is the most, is probably what I got out of the Camino is learning again to walk in nature and to enjoy the simple things. And maybe my purpose is just simply being and just keeping moving forward. I don't know that I have a higher purpose than that at this point. I, I'm just happy. I'm happy that I had the opportunity. I'm happy in my life and I can't wait to do it again. Even my purpose is to keep planning, to keep, you know, looking for opportunities to be able to experience this again. Yeah, good answer. You say you walked contemplating an answer to the big questions and then you wrote perhaps it's because the familiar can be a great barrier to revelation. I like that's a great line. Perhaps the familiar can be a great barrier to revelation. That's so true, isn't it? It is completely true. It was not my line, but a line that I picked up on. It is, you know, you have to put yourself out there. You have to take those challenges, put yourself in an unfamiliar environment and just keep moving forward. Tell us about the dog that adores you. The dog. Well, there was, I have a dog. You're speaking about the dog yeah, that I you, met on the Camino. Or the dog that you left behind. Well, the dog I left behind. That probably was my most difficult. <laughs> I have two boys, two, two children, and it was difficult leaving them, but they're involved in their own lives. But, you know, the one thing that still counts on me is my little dog, Albert. And he is a doll. He's six years old. King Charles Cavalier Spaniel. And it was hard to leave him. It was, it was hard to leave him for that long of a time. He's by my side all the time. And it was exciting to come home to him. And it was difficult to leave him. But I, my mother watched him, and so I felt comfortable that he was, his needs were being met. <laughs> <laughs> you, you wrote when you came back, I'm stronger and more capable than I ever knew. Were you surprised to write those words when you came home? I I was definitely surprised to write those words, but I believe that it is completely true that I am stronger and more capable. I, this was totally unfamiliar territory to me. I had never tried to do something like this. I never saw myself doing something like this until it was presented to me through the movie, through a friend who had done it. Um, I wasn't sure that I could do this. I wasn't sure that I could walk 500 miles. I had never walked more than maybe three miles at a time. So the thought of walking 15 to 17 miles a day 
was overwhelming to me. However, I did it. And I felt I did it with ease. It, it, I, you know, other than a blister, one blister, I felt it, it was, was doable. It was easy. I'll do it again in a minute. It, um, so I do feel that I came home realizing that I am capable. But it was hard to, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to realize what you can do, what you can't do, until you actually get out and do it. And I did it. And so when I came home, I definitely felt and still feel that I am capable. Yeah, and I think you'd be exciting or excited to be able to take those lessons with you as you go on, as you keep, as you said, putting one foot in front of the other. It's exciting to know that you've you've learned that lesson, isn't it? It is very exciting. It feels wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And I've got uh, a question here that I perhaps should have asked earlier. Are you a spiritual person? Would you consider yourself spiritual or even religious? I could say this to you, Dan. I I definitely have always felt I was a spiritual person. I am a spiritual person. I was raised Catholic, and then we later became Protestant. I can after walking the Camino, I feel more religious probably than I've ever felt in my life. Um, It there was something that happened walking the Camino, both spiritually and religiously. It I I felt it. You know, you can't, you go only can go in so many cathedrals and churches and these small, beautiful little churches and meet the people that are going to mass and um, listening to um, the pilgrim masses. I, I felt religious in those times and I, I do feel more religious. But definitely. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting, I, I wrote, or I read rather on your blog that I now know I need to seek out quiet in my noisy, busy and wondrous life. And you wrote, I also know this, grave mistakes are made in life when a person does not follow her heart. When the heart is followed, we touch the creator. Do you think it's easier now to follow your heart that you've walked the Camino? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's much easier to follow my heart now that I've walked the Camino. And I try to do this every day. Mm. Mm. And, and I, I stop and I listen. Whereas before I just ran from one thing to another. And it still happens. I still sometimes find myself just running from one thing to another. But I try always now to stop, to breathe, to look around me, and to take it all in. Yeah. I, like I did every day yeah, on the Camino. Yeah, yeah. What do your friends and family make of this pilgrim journey, Donna? It's, it's interesting. What they, now, of course, they're incredibly proud. They, you know, they were excited for me. They think they see the changes in me. Um, initially, when I decided to do this, I had a lot of opposition. My father especially was very nervous about me doing this. He was nervous about two women, you know, traveling to Spain, walking the Camino. Um, he wasn't aware. He wasn't, he wasn't familiar with the Camino. Now he's my biggest fan. Now he, he's so happy that I did this. And, you know, he knows I plan on doing it again and again. And so my friends and my family, my children are incredibly proud of me. Um, that was a big thing for me is to have my two sons tell me how proud. And then my oldest son say that he would like to walk with me at some point. How old are your sons? 24 and 28. Gosh. Wow. Imagine that. That must've been so nervous for you. I think they were. I think everybody was nervous for me. I was nervous. We were all (laughs) nervous. We really had no basis other than one friend who had done it, you know, years prior and didn't, quite remember everything um, to guide to guide me. And so, uh, you know, a lot of people were very nervous. But again, once I walked it, it made them more comfortable with the pictures, them seeing my happiness, coming back, just, you know, so excited about what I had just done. 
I think they're all on board. They're all happy for me. And did you write the blog as you went so they were able to sort of follow you back home? I did. I I wrote it. uh, You know, I didn't keep a journal. It was my way of keeping a journal. I'm not very good at a blog. I've never had to having done this before. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, And I was tired at night. But I would, you know, write the blog to the best of my ability, try to keep some kind of a record daily so that people at home who both who knew about the Camino and those who knew nothing about it could could read and get excited about it and walk with me. And that was probably one of the best parts is, is to come home and st- every day, still daily, I have people who come up to me and say, I followed you on your blog. I followed you on Facebook. I felt like I was walking with you. And I have inspired so many people to walk their own Camino. And that's the best part for me, to hear these comments and to see the excitement and for them to realize that, yes, they too can do this. That's fantastic. Did you, did you meet or did you enjoy meeting people from all over the world? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I met wonderful people. Yeah. It was so eye-opening, especially amidst all the political turmoil we have in the United States. It has been going on. And, you know, I met, we walked initially with these two gentlemen from the UK who were wonderful. We walked with them for a week and then started taking rest days because their pilgrimage um, was their own pilgrimage that had been planned out for them. And so they had rest days. So we we lost them, you know, because one rest day led to another. And before you knew it, we were we finished a week before they did. But as we moved on in the pilgrimage daily, we met new people. And it was so wonderful that you would see people and then you might walk into a big city. And, of course, you lose them in the crowds and they would be staying in Alberge somewhere. And we might be staying in an Alberge or at a hotel um, because we stayed in different places. And then we would walk, and then two days later we'd be in a small little, you know, village where we would walk in and to, you know, a little outdoor eating area, and there they would all be, everybody we had seen and walked with days earlier. And so that was such a wonderful part of the Camino, and, and meeting and talking to these people from so many different countries and realizing that no matter what political turmoil we have here in the United States— the people in UK and people in Germany, they're experiencing their own issues, very similar, whether it be immigration, um, you know, or healthcare. We spoke about these things and we realized how similar we were. We were so similar. And I have friends, you know, that I still keep in contact with from the Camino. And some of us plan on doing this again together. Tell us about your. I mean, you, you, you mentioned before Naples, Florida. It's uh, coastal. It's uh, very tr- not. Wouldn't say tropical, but I guess it's kind of very far south. You know, uh, on in America, in the United States, it couldn't be further really from the rural setting of the Camino. What did you make of the the Spanish culture and the ru- rural setting? Oh, I thought it was amazing. I. I I fell in love with the Spanish culture. I fell in love with the setting. I wasn't sure I would. I had, you know, I'm, I'm used to water. I grew up in Manchester by the sea, Massachusetts, and Gloucester, Massachusetts, all seaside, you know, towns. Um, I, I gravitate towards water. I have been to Spain, um, but on the southern coast of Spain. So I wasn't sure what I would think of that of, of northern Spain. I fell in love with it. It was beautiful. Whether it was the Meseta, so many beautiful areas, and every day was a different experience, whether it was the poppy fields or the sunflower fields, the, um, all the different um, experiences in terms of the, the fruits that we would encounter, you know, the grapes, the beautiful vineyards. It was always a different surprise and um the people the the, the people were wonderful 
Were you were you a spreadsheet pilgrim, Donna? Did you have it all planned out? Did you know where you were going to stay, or did you just kind of make it up as you went along? Well, I was a little bit of both. Very interesting. We arrived with only a plane ticket. We had no idea what we were going to do. We had a, a book. You know, we had a book in our hands, and so arriving, we had nothing planned, and we had planned nothing. You know, the couple months prior when we had booked um, our plane flight. However, once we arrived and we started walking, we realized our ages being my sister-in-law, 68 years old, and myself, 56, that the one thing that was important to us after these long walks would be to have a private bathroom and to have possibly a bath or you know, a nice warm shower in the evening. We wanted the experience of the alberges. We wanted the um, the wonderful dinners where we would we would um, eat with fellow pilgrims and and be able to have that experience with them. But we also wanted to make sure that at the end of the day we were comfortable as well. So because of that, as we started to walk, within I'd say the first week, we would start to then you know, maybe plan ahead one day. And so we would know where we were going to, to be the next day. We also had days where we decided we didn't want to carry our pack, backpacks. So we, we bought a smaller backpack and there were times we would transfer our larger backpacks. So because of that, we were, we at that point would try to book and I would get on as I would walk, I would actually get on booking and, and go ahead and book something and where we thought we would be the next night. It didn't always work out that way, and sometimes I had to rearrange things. Um, but, it, you know, we started out with no plan, and as we walked, we then planned. So we had some of both. And did you, was it easy to do that planning ahead, not speaking Spanish, or do you speak some Spanish? I do speak some Spanish. I, um, I learned it in school. Um, I've used it, you know, of course, in Florida, it comes in handy sometimes, yeah, and I've used yeah. it an occasion in my life when I traveled to Colombia when I was younger. Um, but I haven't spoken it in, in a lot of years and I'm definitely not fluent. However, it wasn't really necessary when it came to booking because everything is so easy now. And I, you know, I did carry a cell phone and on my cell phone, I was able to go on an app. Um, and, and some of these apps today are, are amazing with just the pilgrimage apps that yeah. actually plan out the routes for you. Yeah. They'll give you your choice. you give you your choices and right online, while you're walking, you can book for that evening. So it was very easy to do. And it didn't require me using any Spanish to do that. Did you ever get lost? Oh, yes. <laughs> I got lost. And, and um, interesting, one of the many miracles of, of my Camino, and there were several, was a getting lost story. And that was... When my sister-in-law, her name is Fia, she and I had gotten up early. And we both like to get up early and walk. However, the sun doesn't come up until later in Spain. And so often we'd want to get up and walk at 6.30 and it would be dark. And so we would get up and we would put our headlights on and we would start to walk. And it was usually fine because we would find fellow pilgrims who you would look for headlights and we would just follow them. And this one morning, we were walking. And I don't even remember exactly where we were on the Camino, but we were walking. And I remember it was a large field. And it's always difficult to find those yellow arrows or those shells when it's dark and you have a headlight. And so we were lo- we were walking. And we were we were talking, and we were engaged in conversation, which doesn't always happen. Often she'd walk ahead, or I'd walk ahead. But this morning we were together, it was dark, and we're walking, and we heard, and then we saw no one. And we really saw nothing, it was a field. And out of the distance, we start to hear some man yelling at us. And he's screaming in Spanish. We weren't even really sure what he was saying. He seemed far away. And the odd thing about this is he was an older gentleman. He looked to be maybe in his 80s. And he was out on the side of this field 
And he came out of nowhere, and we saw no way for him to have gotten there. We didn't see a car. We didn't see anything. But he was screaming at us, and my first thing was to, I was cautious. So I looked at Pete, and I said, don't go near. You know, he's, she said, well, he's screaming at us. And I said, I know, but we need to keep walking. We don't know who he is or what he wants. And, and so we walked, kept walking, and then all of a sudden she didn't listen to me, and she started to walk towards him, which made me really nervous. And he, at that point, was gesturing, you know, to us to come towards him. And so she went, and so I, of course, followed her. And what he was telling us, which we did not understand in the way he was screaming, was that we had been going the wrong way. And so we followed this gentleman, took us across a road, over to the other side of a field, and pointed, which point we thanked him, and he disappeared, almost to thin air. We have no idea where he came from, no idea where he went. But he was an angel because it was just the two of us. And we were somewhere that we could have been, we, we were lost. And he somehow had seen us going the wrong direction and found us and was able to guide us to where we were in the right direction and we were able to find the arrows that led us the That's correct fantastic. way. fantastic. That's so great. It, it was amazing. We talk about it to this day that he was an angel and we have no idea where he came from or where he went. <laughs> Did you find yourself toward the end feeling sad because it was drawing to a close? That was the most surprise, surprising thing I think that we both, he and I still talk about, is the overwhelming sadness that, that came upon us as we approached Santiago and you know probably the last few days as we knew that we were we would not be doing this much longer yes and and I have to tell you re-entry we call it re-entry mm. you know coming home it, it's still to this day is is difficult for me I miss it I miss it and it was yes we felt very sad to be finishing and to, you know Santiago was a mixture of Elation, happiness, um, and then yet a, a real sadness. What are we going to do tomorrow? We looked at each other and said, what are we going to do? And I said, well, we're going to walk. We're going to walk all around Santiago. We're going to walk and we're going to go to Muxia and Finisterre. And we're going to see this. We don't have time to walk there, but we're going to see it. We're going to continue to walk. And um, we're going to find pilgrimages in our everyday life somehow. Let me ask, but it's not the same. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not the same. It's not the same, mm-hmm. is it? No, I, mm, I miss no. it terribly too. Mm-hmm. I, I, let me ask you about three things, if I can. How did you handle the heat in August? Well, I live in Naples, Florida, and, and the heat in August in Naples, Florida, is <laughs> it, it's difficult here. It's, it's oh, very hot course, here, very humid. Yeah. So I am used to the heat. Thea, of course, lives in Massachusetts. So she was not as used to the heat. I think we probably only had a week where I felt the heat. And so what we did was we, that's why we decided to get up early. And we tried to be in wherever we were going by two o'clock. Right. The worst part of the day was in the, was in the late afternoon. And we just tried to avoid that. And I, I think we did a good job of it. It, it really wasn't, it wasn't too bad for us. And then soon we got into September and the weather was phenomenal. We had the most phenomenal weather. It was, you know, cool in the evenings, a little cool in the morning, and the days were perfect. Yeah, yeah, that's a good lesson. I, I walked in September as well, and it, you're right, it was absolutely beautiful. Uh, what did you make of the food and, and the wine? Well, the wine, extraordinary. I miss the wine because we don't have the, the same quality of red wine here. You know, we put everything in it that's not good for you, that you feel it. You know, there you could walk all day and you could have a, a glass or two of red wine and you would not feel the effects of it. It was, it was pure. It was beautiful. I, I love the red wine in Spain. The food, a little bit more difficult for me. Um, I was, you know, I try to eat, not to eat so much meat. I try to do more plants. Um, that was a little difficult initially on the Camino um there was a lot more you know meat being served I'm kind of a picky eater 
Fia found it phenomenal. She, she loves all different types of foods. She tried everything. She loved the anchovies. She loved the prosciutto. She, um, you know, she loved it all. She loved the, what's it called? Popo? Popo. The octopus. Yeah. Yes. I wouldn't, uh, you know, I held it that about as close as I got to it was a stick holding it up for a picture, but I wouldn't, I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> so I'm a little more fussy with my food. Um, but it was, you know, but I love the bread. You know, I ate so many croissants, chocolate croissants in the morning. I had cappuccino every day. Yeah. That felt like a luxury. It was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, I found my way just fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Do, do you have a favourite place that you can cast your mind back to, somewhere really special? I loved Osibrero. That was probably one of my favourites, you know, the top. Yeah. The height. And to be able to look and watch the sunrise and watch the sunsets um, from up on that hill. Um, I, I, I loved the specialness of every place that we were, they were in. And of course, Finisterre and Muxia just were such a special ending to see the ocean. You know, to see the ocean at the end of this trip was spectacular. Tell us a Camino story. One story that sticks out in my mind is a story that I love because I think it represents to me what the Camino is about and what the experience that I, you know, that we felt on this Camino, the kindness of people. It was um, a story and I'm not even sure, but it was after a long day we had been walking and it was a long mileage day. You know, some days are shorter than others. You know, some days might be 15 miles. Some days might be 19 miles. And this was a long day. It was probably a 19-mile a day, and I'm, I'm not sure exactly where we were. And we were probably maybe, we maybe had five, maybe five miles left to go. And we're walking, and we're exhausted we're exhausted. We're ready to be done, ready to get in, have our dinner and wine. And Fia noticed her first. We came across an elderly woman who was walking. And she was having, Fia noticed that she was having a difficult, a very difficult time. To the point where we, we actually thought at one point she was just going to drop over. She had a very large backpack on and it looked very heavy. And she was frail. And so we came up behind her and Fia immediately ran ahead of me and took the backpack off the woman's back. And I was worried about this because the woman did not speak English. Um, she ended up being from France and we spoke no French. And so I was worried, thinking, what is this woman going to think? But Fia took her backpack off and put it and then, and then Fia took her own backpack off. So she had taken this woman's pack off and then taken her own backpack off and handed her backpack to me and then put this woman's large heavy pack on her back. And again, you know, after a lot of mileage this day, and we walked and helped this woman, me carrying two packs, which were smaller, and Fia carrying this lady's pack, and we got her to an albergue where, you know, we felt that she was safe and okay and made sure that there were people to watch her because she really was struggling. And that's just something that I remember because Fia was so quick, didn't hesitate to grab this pack off her back mm. and to help her. And I remember it because it was, it just speaks to me so much of the Camino, whether I was walking with a blister and all the people that helped, I had one blister, it wasn't a big deal, but everybody offered a bandage or to help, or to help me, you know, there's a certain way that pilgrims handle these, these um, blisters that I wasn't familiar with. They were going to do it for me. So these kind of stories are the stories that I love about the Camino, is the kindness of others. And that day, what Fia was so quick to do just reminds me of the, the beauty and the kindness of 
you know, that I saw all the way through the pilgrimage. Fantastic. I love it. That's, mm-hmm. that's so true. So true. But how do you describe the Camino to people who ask about it, Donna? It's so difficult for me to describe. That's, one, that's a hard thing for me because, because no matter how many people had described it to me before I went, I never really quite understood it until I got there. So I have a hard time describing it to other people. Um, they all, I know that when people talk about it as, as if it's, it's too difficult or they could, you know, often daily they say, oh, I could never do that. I so loved being, you know, a part of your blog because I felt like I could do it because I'll never be able to do that. And, oh, I say, if I can do it, anybody can do it because I never walked. I never enjoyed walking. Um, I describe it as just this, you know, beautiful walk in nature that you have nothing else to do. And it's such a luxury other than get up, put your shoes on and walk Mm. and you'll get there. You will get there and you will make it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's beautiful, a beautiful country with wonderful people, um, amazing sights. Um, I describe it, you know, as a pilgrimage, as a, a walk in nature. What's one word you'd use to sum up your experience? One word to sum up my experience confidence oh fantastic that's a good word and it gave me confidence yeah 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 and then i I, my last question is can you see yourself going back but i think you touched on it before you you can't wait to get back how about every year for as long as i'm able (laughs) (laughs) how wonderful well i hope and I'm sure you will walk in pearls for years and years to come, Donna. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us today. And congratulations on what you've been able to achieve. And congratulations on stepping outside your comfort zone to grow and to learn and to experience. And congratulations on a pilgrimage in pearls. Thanks, Donna. And buen camino. Thank you so much, Dan. Buen camino. My guest this week, the American pilgrim Donna Hedgepath, who walked a Camino in Pearls. You can check out her blog at apilgriminpearls.com. Just a reminder that you can sponsor the podcast by visiting danmullinsmusic.com or patreon.com forward slash danmullins. Someone sent me a poem this week by an American pilgrim, Ron Ottenad. I'm going to try and track him down for an interview. The poem's called I Walk. I walk to be alone and to be with God. I walk to clear my mind and to fill it. I walk to remember and to forget. I walk to wrestle and to find peace. I walk to create space and to be connected. I walk to ground myself in the present and to dream of the future. I walk to let the sun shine on my face and to allow the rain to fall upon my shoulders. I walk in silence, and I sing. Just a reminder, I'm going to be in the United States in March for a series of concerts. All the details are on my website, danmullinsmusic.com. But if you'd like to know more, you can email me, danmullinsmusic at gmail.com. And I've been playing you a song from my new record each week. I recorded a version of the Placido Domingo John Denver song from 1981, perhaps love. The other voice you hear is a young Australian tenor, Mark Vincent. And Mark's a friend of mine. He won Australia's Got Talent a few years ago. He sold hundreds of thousands of records around the world. And he's a beautiful human being. Sings beautifully too. Here's Perhaps Love from my album Duende. It's available on all streaming services. I'm a lucky man. Until next week, I'm Dan Mullins. Buen Camino. Perhaps love is like a resting place, a shelter from the storm. It exists to give you comfort, it is there to keep you warm. And in those times of trouble, when you are most alone, 
the memory of love will bring you home. Perhaps love is like a window, perhaps an open door. It invites you to come closer, wants to show you more. And even if you lose yourself and don't know what to do, the memory of love will see you through. Love for some is like a cloud, the summer's strong as steel. For some a way of living, for some a way to feel. And some say love is holding on, and some say letting go. And some say love is everything, some say they don't know. Perhaps love is like the ocean. Full of conflict, full of pain Like a fire when it's cold outside Or thunder when it rains If I should live forever And all my dreams come true My memories of love will be of you Some say love is holding on and some say letting go And some say love is everything, some say they don't know Perhaps love is like the ocean, full of conflict, full of pain Like a fire when it's cold outside, thunder when it rains If I should live for 